Looking for a way to create all-out war from something small? Want to place your players in the heart of a socio-political game? Great, then this encounter's for you. Let's get going. Hey, Scott here from Vengerstikes.com. Hope you're doing okay. Welcome, as before, to Wenger's Realm, a tavern like no other, and to the third episode of this new podcast I've just recently launched. Every episode, I'll lay out a cool encounter you can blend into or inspire game sessions. Once we hit 50 encounters, I'm going to pull them all together into one card deck, and I'm going to give you that deck for free. These encounters are for you and for your game. I'll lay them out in card form, and then guide you through step by step the things you might want to think about as you integrate them into what else is happening, making the encounters feel less random, more immersive. Before we kick off today, I wanted to thank everyone who's picked up the first two episodes and helped share it around online. As I said last time, starting a podcast in such an amazing but busy community really is pretty daunting. And let's be honest, I'm learning as I go here. But the amount of feedback and reviews and support I've been picking up since I slung this naked into the multiverse has just rocked my world. And I mean that. I might be fumbling around here, but I hope it's really hitting the mark for you, as this is 100% why I'm putting it out there. We might individually be okay DMs or GMs, but collectively, by sharing encounters and tips and ideas like this, we all benefit, right? And I hope you take away at least one or two things from each episode to inspire your game or to make you think a little differently. And for this episode, talking about a collective, I'm beyond thrilled to say that three episodes in, I've already picked up the first collaboration to this encounter deck we're building together. Paddy Gillen from the outstanding Haggis and Dragons RPG podcast, the links for which I'll put in the description to this, has taken the time to sling me the bare bones of a really cool encounter. I've taken those bare bones and I've fleshed them out a bit, but this is definitely his baby and I can't wait to share it with you. So here it is. The name of this encounter is Little Liar Lordling. And the hook for the party is this. Wherever the party is, its travel or rest is interrupted by a well-reputed merchant from a nearby city as they fall to the floor, revealing a hilted ornate dagger in their back. Whoever is around the party erupts in horror, exclaiming murder. Although perhaps there are one or two in the vicinity who don't react as vociferously as the others. After quick examination by a local, it's suggested in whispered tones that the dagger is recognised to be that of a seven-year-old lordling, child of an important local authority. It's known that the lordling's family and the merchant traded reg regularly. Now he's dead, the locality's trusted connection with the nearby city has just been severed and looks to anyone willing to help investigate how this happened and how to avoid the city's wrath whilst maintaining that connection. If the party helps, what will it discover? That's the dramatic question. And if we move on to the conflict in the scenario, the locals are aware that in a few days, the city elders will be sending their monthly tax collectors and city guards here, and are worried that the merchant's death will be discovered and considered an outrage. The lordling, who has a history of disturbing pranks on the locals, and who may have been seen taunting the merchant, will be protected by his family. His family, it might be unearthed, may have come into some new wealth of late, having announced to the locals great change and prosperity for the future. And some strangers have been seen liaising with the family in recent weeks, keeping to themselves. In terms of resolution, 
It may turn out that the strangers have enthralled or threatened the lordling or his family, framing their guilt, or at least emphasising it after the murder, so as to sever the connection with the city, thereby opening a new trade option with another nearby town run by an ambitious lord. If these strangers don't return to that town alive, this ambitious lord might look to deal swift retribution, so the locality might lose the favour of both the nearby city and town. And the optional twist you can add in, the lordling, of course, and not these strangers, may turn out to have been the one who plunged this dagger into the merchant's back, perhaps after the merchant belittled him for his weight or pomposity, setting in play a potential local war arising from a simple taunt. Or maybe the lordling disappears after the murder, or maybe a doppelganger is afoot, or maybe. So what do you think? What a premise, right? Paddy has come up with a brilliant hook to exposure players to a situation which, very quickly, could get totally out of control, all because of some small incident. So thanks for this, Paddy. You're an absolute star. But given how brilliant your podcast is, I'm not surprised. And this is exactly what I'm thinking of in building this encounter deck. If you've got a premise like this, the bare bones of an encounter, or even just a wish to see me put into the deck your favourite monster or terrain or anything else you'd love to see, let me know at Wenger's Decks and we can work it out together. I'll show off your creation right here and attribute you in the card as you saw. But more than anything else, that encounter you dream up will end up immortalised in an encounter deck that could be downloaded and played by anyone else on the planet. Someone thousands of miles away will be looking at your card in this deck and saying, man, my players absolutely rocked that encounter. Thanks. Okay, so let's talk about Paddy's encounter. Let's help you blend it into what else is happening in your game right now. Oak. Right, so we begin with a classic hook you've no doubt seen before so many times in the movies. The dude falling flat on his face, a knife lodged in his back. As with all these encounters, you can start it anywhere you like. Anywhere you know the party is going to be next or soon. So some examples might be... The party decides to go to a tavern. Instead of a bar brawl, you can have the dude burst through the doors of the tavern, falling flat in his face, the bard's music coming to a halt as everyone stops their drinking and looks down at the floor. Or it could happen in the street as the party moves from one part of the settlement to the other. Or out in the wilderness, even on a mountain, there's your man appearing out of nowhere, having wrestled his way through the difficult terrain to either escape or get himself some medical attention before crumpling at the party's feet. Or fire the encounter out to sea. Maybe the party's on a boat and the body comes a-floating, bobbing along in the waves with a knife sticking out like a shark's fin. Get the idea? It's your game. You know where the party is and where it's going to next. Or at least you'll know where the party wants to go at next when the players announce it to you. And if you need time to catch up as you thought they'd be going right when actually they went left, this is exactly the type of encounter to help make the party stop and think for a bit, giving you the time to stop and think for a bit. Maybe they take no notice, and that's okay, but at least you'll have created that space to breathe for you. So yeah, think about the location. You don't need to write anything down. Just look at this card, have an idea in your mind, the kind of places around the party right now, and plonk the encounter in there if it comes up or if a random encounter's rolled. And along with this mode of thinking, just like you can adapt the location of the encounter to wherever the party will be, the card says the dead dude's a merchant. But does he have to be a merchant? Nope. He or she 
or they, or it, can be whoever the hell you want, whoever you think might tie in with what else is happening, whoever the party's shown an interest in already, whoever you think would hook the players in. And again, this is the beauty of encounter cards like this. They're in the deck to inspire, to get your creative juices flowing. You might read a card and off the cuff feel that it's completely irrelevant to your next session. Hold on a bit, because if you spend a few minutes adjusting bits and pieces of it, you never know what might come out of that thinking. So right, you've thought about location, you've thought about who this dead dude is with a knife in the back. Next, you've got the crowd's reaction. That reaction can help make the players feel like what's just happened really matters to someone. So we have shock, horror, even jostling and finger pointing. We have rumours, accusations, realisations about what this might mean for the settlement. And yeah, in the end, pleas for help. It's up to you to paint this picture to your players, to show them the reaction, and therefore to make it clear to the party that if it wishes to get involved, there might be intrigue and adventure to be had. If the party's in the middle of nowhere and doesn't find itself within a crowd, you can shift this reaction, this show of relevance and importance in other ways, like stuffing the dead dude's pockets with an important revealing letter that confirms who he is, revealing clues, the very same clues the crowd would have been rumour milling had it been around the party. And for here, Paddy's outstanding premise is that the dagger's believed to be that of a seven-year-old lordling, a little scamp who's caused nothing but havoc for the locals just because he can, because he knows that given who his family is, not one soul will pull him up. And remember, the card says male lordling, but it could be anyone else you like. But here's his dagger. People know this. People are starting to make connections. The parties begin to hear concern, real concern, about what might flow from this situation. Did the little scamp actually do this? If he did do it, why did he do it? Or perhaps more likely, was the dagger stolen? And if so, by whom? Was this murder carried out by another member of the Lordling's family? And if so, why? Or is someone trying to frame the little lad or his family? At this point, the hook in the card mentions the presence of some strangers, maybe reacting differently to the others to this murder. Or again, if it's in wilderness, you're conveying that another way, by leaving clues in the corpse and so on, or tracks nearby. So who are these strangers? Why are they here? Why are they acting differently to the locals? Do they know something? What do they look like? What are they wearing? Is their appearance maybe consistent with the appearance of folks who live in the city or in another town nearby? What does this mean for the settlement? If the city elders found out, we're toast. However you run it, with this simple presentation of someone falling dead at the party's feet, you have the makings of a really intriguing and potentially complex socio-political problem that the party can either delve into or not. Of course, to make things even more interesting for the party, maybe before the dude falls death, in his last breath he utters something that connects the party to his death, and everyone in that moment turns to the party. Conflict. So let's get into the mire with this one. First up, urgency. It may become pretty clear to the party that whatever the hell's just happened, this dude is connected. The death of this dude will send ripples out from this location and it'll be felt with great interest and anger in the world beyond. The card suggests that this connection is with a nearby city. As always, it could be with anywhere. But let's say for now it's a city. So, what's this city called? 
How far is it from here? Who runs it? How does the crowd believe this dude is connected to the city? But for the urgency, yep, there's a regular tax collection in the next few days. The crowd's expecting the delegation of brutal guards and collectors any day now. And yep, maybe they end up coming a day earlier than expected. And the crowd makes it clear that whenever they arrive, if they find out what's happened to this dead dude, there'll be absolute hell to pay, total carnage, which means the end of, the end of trade and supplies for the settlement and excommunication from networks of support. But that's just the good news. The bad news is likely that the city elders will set this place alight until the culprit's found and brought to justice. Added into that mix, if the party's just been fingered as potentially at fault, how's about that for a precariously conflicted situation? So here's where the party needs to make a decision. Does it pull up its trousers and skirts and get to work, figure out what's going on, or does it make a beeline right out of here? If it chooses the latter, well, what do you think that looks like for those investigating? Hmm, we could delve deeply into this investigation, or, yeah, let's just chase down this lot who ran as soon as the fingers started pointing. But if the party chooses to stay and look into this a bit, maybe to clear its own name or at least to help the locals, here's where it can get, as always, as simple or as complex as you and the players want. The little lordling is a scourge in the lives of the locals. He thinks he can get away with anything. And maybe the evidence suggests he's been seen with this dead dude, arguing with him or taunting him. Maybe this was not long before the dagger found its way into the dude's back. But wait, he's not just any old boy in the street. He lives up there in the walled mansion house, protected by guards and the might of his well-connected family which runs this place. How's the party ever going to get anywhere near the lad, let alone question him about what's going down? And that family itself, the one with all the new gear, all the riches that's come across of late, it might have been telling the locals that its newly found wealth has come about as a result of some mutually beneficial trade deals, that these deals will help the settlement prosper, or at least to survive beyond winter. But looking around, you don't see any spreading of that wealth. You only see these strangers, strangers who have come into the place recently and changed it for the worse, maybe. Maybe some rumours have been spread, unsettling the locals, spreading like butter a fear about what might happen if the city gets its way and no longer sees any use for the settlements, farmers or millers. So what's all that about? And how will the party get to the bottom of it? So for this encounter, that really we can start to expand out into a few sessions, even into a campaign if the players are up for it. We can see that there's a whole lot going on in this little hamlet. And more to the point, a whole lot about to go on in this little hamlet. All arising because someone stuck a knife in the back of the one dude connected to everything. It asks so many questions of the players, and in turn, expect plenty of questions back. Resolution. Right, so we've gone through the hook and conflict, and to be honest, if I wanted the episodes of this podcast to run beyond five hours each, I could wax lyrical about this one till my face turned blue. But hopefully I've given you enough questions to think about in blending this into your own plans. You might use it to begin a campaign or one shot, but equally, you can also sling it in simply as a story to tell. So like the party might encounter an NPC who drunkenly spills about this horrendous bloody war that began all because some little lordling allegedly stuck a knife into a well-connected merchant. And hey, the merchant's stash has never been found since. Hmm. But for now, let's tie up the encounter. 
I reckon you could run this one of two ways. Either you could have an outline in mind, a clear idea about what's actually happened, like who actually knifed the dude and why, or you can present the hook and some of the conflicts, put your chips on the table, and just play it out to see what happens, developing the outline as you go. It depends on what you're comfortable with as a DM or GM, and that, that might change down the line as you evolve in your game. Let me know if you'd like any tips on how to run it this way or that way. So to resolve this encounter, much will depend as always on how it's been presented, how the players have responded to the hooks and conflicts, and whether you've had any outline in mind before you set it in play. But for what it's worth, my approach is always to plan out only the presentation and what's likely to happen if the party doesn't engage with it. In other words, the encounter is going to happen anyway, and how it plays out will depend on how the players engage with it. The only constant you have in mind is that this is how it's presented, and this is how the world will change if the players do nothing about it. It's a technique I use for homebrew campaigns that's very much inspired by the front-spaced approach from Apocalypse World and Dungeon World, two awesome games you should really check out. But in essence, the approach to GM preparation in those games will go a long way to stripping out the need to plan every last detail in your game. I might go into that stuff in more detail in future episodes if you're interested. So let me know if that's the kind of thing you want me to warble on about. If not, no worries at all, and I'll just continue on building this little deck of ours. So yeah, I keep sidetracking myself. This settlement, depending on how it's played out, you should have an idea about how these ripples from the dude's death will be felt by the rest of the settlement and beyond into the city, and also as the card suggests in this other town, which might become relevant. How angry will everyone be? What are they likely to do? Will they punish a whole town? Will they really torch the place until the culprit's found? Or are the locals worrying over nothing and the matter won't make a blind bit of difference to anyone? The resolution mentioned in the card, therefore, is just for inspiration. You can paint whatever story you like, and as I say, as simple or as complex a story as you like. And it's about making sure that you tie that story up, either in terms of how you've planned it out in advance, or of how it's played out. In short, you want the players to understand what's happened. You want them to see the story arc from the point this, they first saw the dude die at their feet, to this point where the story about what happened and what it means for the world around them has unravelled. Personally, as soon as Paddy sent this premise to me, my very first thought was that the resolution would be all out war, with this little hamlet and the poor party right in the midst of it just trying to survive. But that's just me. I like running wars. What that says about me? Well, who knows. Twist. And finally, we have the option of a twist. Of course, if you've complexed this up already, you'll likely have little need for a twist, mainly because you don't want the players glaring at you with sore heads trying to work out what the hell's going on. But I did like the idea that, despite all the investigations pointing to all these high-floating socio-political trade wars between the city, town and hamlet, to all the machinations of the local elders and authorities and all that crap, actually, the very first thought, immediately dismissed, was the correct one. The little liar lordling got so pissed off about this dude calling him ugly or entitled, he stabbed the dude in the back and made a run for it, leaving all the adults tying themselves in knots and stoking up war. But at the heart of it all was a rich kid who, let's face it, had issues of his own and was probably ignored by his own family. If that kind of twist came out of all that mess, just imagine your players' faces. So there we have it, card three in this deck in the bag already. And I want to thank once again Paddy Gillen of the amazing Haggis and Dragons podcast for coming up with the premise of this one. As before, 
you're up next. Can you beat this one? Fire me over at Wenger's Decks, your encounter premise, or like I say, anything else you'd love to see in the deck. What will help you in your upcoming game? Meantime, as always, you can watch this episode and podcast on YouTube, so please hit subscribe and help spread the word. And also, if you prefer audio and miss out on my ugly mug, you can catch it on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the usual places you listen to your stuff. And of course, you'll see me spreading this like butter all over my socials at Wenger's Decks. As I said last time, I'm still working on the frequency of the episodes, and so although I'm starting with weekly as best I can to build up some momentum in the, the early days, let me know what would work for you. Do you prefer it weekly? Would fortnightly be better? I'll do my best with whatever you prefer, but let me know so I can plan things around you. Once again, I'd love to thank my absolutely amazing patrons for helping me bring this podcast to life. And if you'd like to pick up some awesome tabletop benefits for supporting my work, like free digital decks and map packs you can use in your game, just head over to patreon.com forward slash fingers decks and take a look around. If you join as a double decker patron, not only are you supporting my work and helping me meet the costs for the website and more, keeping all this going and really inspiring me and pushing me forward, I want to make sure that being a patron gives you real value, actual tools and guidance to help you improve your game as a dungeon master or game master. So aside from all the other benefits I lay out, as double deckers are higher, you can access the digital PDF of this deck we're building as you go. So uh, you can see your creation actually coming to life, as well as the PDF transcript of each episode. You can also download in case you prefer reading this stuff. So please, once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for watching, listening, sharing, liking and subscribing. Watch out for the next episode coming soon. Thanks also for being a part of this and have a great day.